So realistically, if someone was brand new, how far away are people right now from never doing real estate to acquire their first property? It really depends on how you get the education. We have this coaching program. If you went into something like that, probably a couple months, you're ready to make your first purchase. Maybe less than that even. Hey guys, this is D. And this is Keith. This is the Defiant Life Podcast, yep. where we defy the there laws of mediocrity. <laughs> we got there. We did Yay. it. Yay. <laughs> Swiper, no swiping. <laughs> oh, man, I miss those old. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite shows to watch was Alter, and it's officially off. Like, they're not making any new episodes I ever saw Arthur. Really? With the art bark? With oh, DW yeah, and them? Oh, oh man. Buster? Mm hmm. It was in your, that was your age group, GPTV. What do you mean too old for that? I grew up watching that and reading the books. Is. I don't know about that. This dude, right, thank you. That's Morgan's age group. In my, my age group. I'm yeah. older than you, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mm. so today on the table, we're going to be talking about, we had a couple of questions from our comments in the peanut gallery asking if <laughs> they could invest in real estate on their own. And I said, so what do you mean by that? And they said, well, I like it. I want to do it. Obviously, I want to have passive income, but can I afford to do it? Mm. You know, that was kind of the question mm -hmm. that was on the table. Let's kind of unpack that a little bit and talk about what it takes financially to get into um, multifamily property. And then also uh, another question was also when I'm starting, is it better for me to start with single family, which seems more practical than starting in multifamily? You know, just kind of yeah. we're kind of able okay. to go through that. Um, okay, well, you definitely don't have to have money. It's easier if you do, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, so I started out with no money. That was the conversation that I had with the guy that I partnered with, actually, was he was like, what do you want to do? Or we were talking about how we got into that conversation, but I was basically said, what I really want to do is be a real estate investor. I just don't have any money. Okay. He was like, well, I got money. I just don't have the time. Mm. So we formed a partnership where I did all the work, and he put up all the money. Mm. And that is a very common thing actually it's a very common partnership um lots of people do it that way so you have one person who's a manager and one person who is an investor or maybe multiple people who are investors multiple people who are managers but they form a partnership um so if you have the education and you have the skills and you know what to do you don't necessarily have to have the money mm -hmm. but Lots of people who are in that situation where they don't have the money also don't have the skills or the education. <laughs> so you can start either with the money and then give it to somebody who has the education, or you can start with the education and then find somebody who's got the money. Mm -hmm. so. so, so that's what you said. So you would definitely recommend if you're first starting off getting into real estate and you don't have any money, getting educated first <laughs> and then finding, how did you go about finding a partner though? Like that's a, you know, it's it not was like just somebody I knew. Yeah. It was just somebody that I had worked with. They had seen my work ethic. This person had, you know, it's, we had worked together for a little while. So like, um, it wasn't, it wasn't like any like big to Process do. It was just like, anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hey, I want to do this. Oh yeah. Well, here, I got some money for you. And he just took a chance. <laughs> he just took a chance. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. Huh. So okay. I think that's a lot more common than people think. Like mm -hmm. if you have a good deal, especially if you've got, if you know what you're doing, you're educated. At that point, I had been studying real estate. I didn't have that much experience other than like just one property. Mm -hmm. um, but I I had been studying it for years. So like I, I had been like learning more and more and more over the years. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think he felt confident enough that I knew what I was doing to, to go into it. So like that's, that's probably the first step. If you really want to get 
into the game, then you got to learn how to play. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. You don't ne- you don't have to have money. You don't have to bring money to the table. You can, but you don't have to. You can if you have the education, you can find the money. So you weren't nervous about that, like <coughs> playing the game with somebody else's money, so to speak. Definitely was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you overcome those obstacles? This is your first real estate endeavor. You you using someone else's OPM, other people's money, mm-hmm. and this guy was like, "All right, let's form this partnership together. I'm going to provide all the money. You do all the work." Yep. How do you feel? Like how how does that? You know what I'm saying? Like um, why weren't you afraid? How what were your first steps? The first steps of into, starting that partnership. Yeah, starting that partnership. Just having the conversation was the okay. first step, and then uh, we wound up finding a deal, and the numbers made sense. Yeah, and we just took it from there. Okay, and then that one went well. So then there was a second one and well, a once third you did one. It one and time, and, yeah, rinse and repeat. Yeah. So did your partner have any real estate <clears> experience <throat> beforehand, and did he help out at all in the process, or was it a hundred percent you doing all the operational stuff? He had some experience. He had actually owned a small mobile home park before that, and he had more experience than I did in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't do a lot with his mobile home park, mm-hmm. so he just you know kind of had that sitting there. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, he did a lot of the work with like setting up financing with the banks and that kind of stuff. But okay. he didn't do much, if any, of the work on the operational side or like management. Like that was all my, you know, what okay. I was there for, okay. basically. That so was he my contribution to the business. So he literally was the financial side and you literally mm-hmm. were the operation side. Yep. So what did the pay breakdown pay breakdown look like since <clears throat> you didn't have any experience? You had education, but it was still not proven. Right, mm-hmm. that you knew what you were doing. What did the payment break down? <coughs> did you like oh, just gosh. did you like, did y'all have a promissory notes? Did y'all have like a LLC? Mm-hmm. What did what does all that look we like? We had an LLC, um, and then w- what we did basically was cr- we created an LLC, and we were both fifty percent owners. Okay, and then um, we worked out a deal where he got his money back on a on a quicker schedule, basically. So like mm-hmm. I took less of a payment until he got his money back, and then we were fifty fifty in cash flow disbursement. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of it, kind of like a preferred return, basically, is what right. it was. Yeah. Now, when you were first getting into real estate, multifamily real estate, had you planned on getting a partner, or what was your what was your individual plan, or were you like, how how did you plan on raising money or acquiring money once you found a deal? I don't think I really had a good plan for that side okay. of it. So, um, I just, you know, we just talked about that situation but i don't think i had a real good plan yeah up front okay so that, that's probably why it took me so long because i mm-hmm. i was studying it for like four or five years mm-hmm. but i didn't really know like how to take the leap you know what i mean yeah 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 so and i didn't have a coach i didn't have anybody helping me with that so it was just like you know i was reading a lot of books listening to podcasts mm-hmm. but i didn't really have a good um plan of like, action plan yeah to, to actually take SOP. the step mm-hmm. so so to speak to our um, fandom and newbies out there, yeah, you would recommend the same path? Like, hey, find you someone that's willing to invest in you and mm-hmm. into what you're trying to do and go from there? If you don't have the money, then I would say definitely find somebody who has um, who has that. But you got to convince them that you know what you're doing. So okay. you have to learn the game first. Yeah. You, can't just, you can't just jump in with somebody else's money and not know what you're doing then you're going to, you're going to lose it. You're going to find a bad deal. You're going <laughs> to, they're, they're probably hopefully savvy enough that they're not going to let you invest it in a bad deal, but a lot of people aren't. So like yeah. they don't, if they don't know the game either, then you know, that's, that's not good. But, um, yeah, I think if you, if you have the education up front, then yeah, start talking to people and let them know. 
I went on a podcast a couple of years ago and the guy asked me, he asked me some question about this and I was like, you, you have to just let people know what you want to do. Like mm-hmm. you start telling people, you're going to find a lot of people who are like, Oh yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Mm-hmm. Like, or Hey, I got some money like, you know, in a 401k or yeah. like in yeah. a somewhere that uh, like I got my house paid for us so and maybe I can take a loan out and use that money. So there's, there's lots of ways to do it. So let me ask you this. So realistically, if someone was brand new and mm-hmm. they wanted to get into multifamily real estate, how long from like the very first day, not having any education, will you think they need to allot for themselves before they can actually start um, really uh, until they can, they think they could acquire a property. So like how long, how much, t- how much education do you think they need? How long should that process take type of thing, you, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then giving finding a partner, you know, so they can fund the deal and, and then actually find a deal. How long, how far away are people right now from never doing real estate to acquire their first property? Like, you know, type of thing. It really depends on how you get the education. And if you, I mean, we, we have this coaching program. If, if you went into something like that, probably a couple months, you, you're ready to, to, you know, make your first purchase, probably maybe less than that even. But if you do it the way that I did it, you just got to piece together books and yeah, yeah. podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff like that. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take a mm-hmm. few years probably. Mm-hmm. So it depends. You can shortcut it by having a program or some kind of step-by-step process that you can follow. Or yeah. maybe you find a mentor who can tell you exactly what to do, yeah. who's done it before. Um, that will speed it up a lot. Um, I like that. So if you've got that, then, yeah, it, only, it won't take long. It'll take a couple months. That's crazy. I bet most people don't, wouldn't even think that. When you when you said a couple of months, it threw me off. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you really said. So here's the thing. If you had twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 and mm. you want to be a real estate investor, the best thing you can do with that money is not try to find a deal or a property. It's to That's right. invest in your education first is what you're saying. Exactly right. Okay. Yep. Alex Hormozzi talks about this a lot. He was like, if you have a little bit of money, yeah. You need to put all of that money back into self-education so mm-hmm. that you can make more money because there's no investment that's going to be, go, yeah. there's no investment that's going to make more money than investing in yourself. Mm. So there's no better return on your investment than that. Bet on yourself. Yep. So you've got to, you got to get, acquire skills and knowledge that are going to make you more money in the long run. So that, and that's what we were talking about too, a couple episodes ago where, you know, like people who are wealthy, the people who already are successful yeah. are the ones who would pay the most for coaching mm-hmm. because they understand that that's the best investment they can make. You know, uh, it's, it's been reported that LeBron James spends over a million dollars a year on his self-development every mm-hmm. year, right? So yeah. massages, eating right, uh, therapy, all kinds of stuff. He is the most athletic, athletically, one of the most athletically gifted people we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And he invested himself heavily still because he understands right. in order to be the best version of himself, he has to keep pouring back into himself so he can keep betting on himself, right? Type yeah. of thing. <coughs> Excuse me, I had what you had going on in that, uh, <laughs> that other episode. <laughs> but um, that's really encouraging, you know, to really think about it like that. That in a few months they can really... So, so the other thing I was thinking about also, another reason why that is so important to go ahead and invest in yourself up front is because you said you kind of pieced your education together. Mm-hmm. Had you just spent fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in your own education four years prior to acquiring a property, you could have been making money a whole lot sooner and accrued a lot more money. Oh, you know, for sure. And that, that time is valuable right there. So, let, yeah. so, so, so some perspective, what year did you buy your first multifamily property? 2017. So you back up five years, 2012. Remember what the market was doing back in 2012? Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> right. Y'all do, y'all do the math. <laughs> Look at the numbers. Yeah. 
So the potential. The, in the, 2017, I told you before, like I knew I had been talking to a real estate investor. I caddy when I was caddying for him, and he was like, "I'm way everything's too expensive right now." Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's five times more expensive now than it was then. So I remember reading this uh, post from this lady. She said the biggest mistake I made in 2012 was not dropping out of seventh grade so I can invest in real estate. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I was like, yeah. So and that's the thing. <laughs> that's actually really that good. was so good. good. But so. So you're 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 not only saving yourself a lot of time and heartache and, and you're you're not losing money. There's so much potential gains you can make and by just fast tracking and just go ahead and doing it up front right now. Yeah. You that's know? right. So yeah, so long story short, if you had to do it all over, educate yourself at up front. Yep. Find a partner, mm-hmm. get a game plan. Yep. All right. So tell me about this game plan, your strategy. How did it change from when you didn't have a game plan to like, if you had to start over again now, how would your strategy or, or your SOP, what would that look like now? So the first thing I would do, like I said, is get a coach, get a mentor, find somebody who's done it, figure out step-by-step process. But really it's pretty simple. You got to find good deals mm-hmm. and then you got to figure out funding. Mm-hmm. You can do those things at the same time. You can start talking to people, start talking to other people um, that you know who might have money. You don't know if they do or not, but you can just start talking to people. Hey, this is what I'm doing. This mm-hmm. is my plan. This is how I'm learning. This is, you know, once they understand what you're doing, like that, that you're serious about this whole process, that you're educating yourself and yeah. you're going to make smart choices. Then, um, if you find a good deal, people are going to be lined up to give you money. I, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's been the case in the last few years. It might not be that way forever. Mm-hmm. Um, because as, as times get harder, money gets harder to find. Yeah. So like 2012 probably been a lot harder to find money, mm-hmm. but all you need is one person or a couple of people who believe in what you're doing and yeah. they have the money sitting around. Well, let's talk about that real quick. How much money are we talking about? Because <clears throat> like I said, we t- let's just say we're dealing with newbies. Mm-hmm. That could be, they might think a hundred thousand, they might think in a million. Like mm-hmm. what, how much money would you realistically need to get into? And you know, so I'm not holding you to this. I know it varies a lot. It does but, vary a lot. But, but what should we be looking at ballpark? The way that I do it in the towns that I'm investing in, the markets that I'm looking at, cash flow that I'm looking at, really, you don't need that much. The first deal I did was $75,000. And then... That's how much money you needed to bring. That's how much money we needed to close it and, yeah. Okay. Get it going. Okay. So, not it's not a crazy amount, really. I mean, there... You probably know dozens of people who have that much money that you, you don't, don't even know I it. Do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, do. I don't even know it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. You yeah. probably do. Yeah. So there's we all that. <laughs> we all that. There, there's um, you know, it depends on what you're doing. You're probably not going after when you're first starting out. You're probably not going after fifty million dollar properties, mm-hmm. um, unless you have really good connections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think if you're looking for high cash flow properties, um, you know, you can get in into these sort of smaller deals Mm -hmm. for pretty cheap. Although they're a lot bigger deals than single family, you know, we kind of talked about single versus multifamily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking at multifamily property though, you don't need that much really to get started. But you know, if you're looking in bigger cities at bigger deals, you might need a couple million dollars. Um, It just depends. It really depends on a huge variation. But Mm -hmm. for me, when I first started, I, I started out with $75,000 investment from one person. Okay. So, so all right. Let me ask you this a little bit slant on the same question. If you could do it all over again and you had seventy five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, would you still try to find a partner to go in with you with, with or would mm-hmm. you would you invest your own money into the project? That's a good question. 
Um, it depends. If I, I think if you, if you want to build a big real estate company, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to raise money. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, you're going to have to from somewhere. Um, if you want to stay small, it really depends on the strategy. If you want to stay small, if you want to have less stress and you want to like, you know, not necessarily have a, a large company, but have enough cash flow to just cover small, you know, small things, then you, you probably just do it yourself. It really depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. 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 So, so it just, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish, where you're trying to go, what you're trying to do. Exactly. Determines yeah. what kind of vehicle you need to yep. kind of get right. into. Yep. Okay. Um, I know Robert Kiyosaki, he's a big proponent of other people's money mm-hmm. and he has plenty of money in the bank. Um, and it's, it, it, he, I think he still uses other people's money, other people's money for everything that he does, mm-hmm. right? Because of that infinite return type yeah. of thing. Well, that's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a thing, but like, like I was saying, if you have a small cash flow number, if you want to make 10,000 a month, okay. And that's all you need to make. And that's what your goal is. Mm-hmm. Then and you have seventy five or a hundred thousand dollars sitting around, you can probably make that investment and make ten thousand a month off of that, which is mm-hmm. a huge cash on cash return, I understand. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably gonna be able to do that pretty easily if you've got, you know, good lenders. You're still using other people's money for that yeah. part. Yeah. Probably. Uh, but if you've got a few hundred thousand dollars, a couple hundred thousand dollars maybe sitting around and all you need is ten thousand a month, then I would, I would take that. I'm not saying I'm not a financial advisor. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. But what I would do is take that money out of whatever retirement account it's in, put it into the deals like we do. Mm -hmm. You probably need one deal Mm -hmm. and you're making that that money right away. I don't know anyone alive that wouldn't benefit from making passively $10,000 a month extra or period. Right. You know, like for most people that's going to come for most people. For the vast majority of people that's listening and watching, that's gonna cover all their bills and everything they need, and that's gonna buy. That's gonna pretty much buy their freedom for most people. Yeah, <clears throat> you know. Um, well, yeah. For most, I'm just saying. I for, don't know. It's gonna buy freedom. For, maybe for most. We'll think, people. We'll think about what the way. Yeah, we'll think about if you it. You want to be average? Because listen, you rich now, so you 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 don't even think to say. You know what I'm saying? It <laughs> like nah, ten thousand dollars. You broke. <laughs> Come on, bro. Well. <laughs> It depends on what you want and where you live. (laughs) (laughs) It depends. If you live in a small town like we do, then that's probably a good thing. But if you live in like, you know, uh, if you live in a larger city, you want to have, it depends on what kind of lifestyle you want to have. Right, right. Well, let me ask you just then. So follow up to just starting out and everything. What was the hardest part of the process about learning, acquiring, growing, like across the whole board of multifamily real estate? What was the hardest portion for you to learn? or acquire like was it the actual numbers portion was it um the people was it the like what was what did you struggle with the most it's probably not the numbers i think there's plenty of information out there you can learn that stuff pretty easily i think yeah but really you learn a lot of it through experience you got to get out there and do it so like mm-hmm. for me the management side i learned a lot once i started doing it and got into situations where i had to figure out what to do mm-hmm. um so just like most anything, you, you need to have a base of knowledge, but then you got to get, you got to actually go out there and do it. Otherwise, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You're not, you, there's going to be so many, so many things that you run into. This is another reason why a mentor is very important yeah, or some, yeah. some people, a, a community of people who can help because no matter what you do, no matter how much you study, I studied for five years roughly before I got started. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because you're going to run into situations that you haven't thought of that you don't know how to solve. You got to figure out what to do. 
and and all of this stuff is time sensitive in some degree. So you mm-hmm. got to figure out like, you know, what you're going to be, what you're going to do, how you're going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sometimes there's a playbook and sometimes there's not. So mm-hmm. like, you know, the numbers part of it was to me simple. It was a lot simpler than any other business I had, I had done. Mm-hmm. It was pretty straightforward. straightforward you, you know yeah. what the rents are in a, in a market. You pretty much know what it's going to cost to run a property and you know what your loan payment is like that. Those numbers to me are very easy. They're very simple. It's not like trying to forecast sales in a company yeah. and you really don't know. And margins and all that yeah. stuff. Product. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So I think real estate, the numbers are easy. The hard part is like figuring out the operation side of it. I think yeah. for me, yeah, at least. So. Well, well right now, <clears throat> as w- when it comes to real estate, multifamily teams and, and art maintenance, everything that it involves, mm-hmm. what areas right now do you still continue to work on to make yourself better? All, I mean, all of all them. of it. Yeah. Just, You're always getting better at all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, even like the, the spreadsheets that I use, the the deal calculators or whatever, all yeah. of that stuff is I'm continually updating it. So you still go to seminars and still oh, yeah. and everything. I'm and still you, always trying to learn more. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is you need to always be a student mm-hmm. of this, you know, and that's, I think that's, that's anything of, in life. I was probably. about to say, that's the biggest, I think that's one of the, that should be one of the strongest prerequisites of doing anything, but especially in real estate. I think a lot of people treat uh, real estate, rental properties and stuff as a side gig or a hustle. Mm-hmm. That and is, that is a good point. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so it's like, especially if your entry <clears throat> point is like wholesaling, I never forget. I was talking with some. So this is how I was introduced to wholesaling. Okay. This guy, uh, my buddy Mike was like, hey, man, I know you can do it. It's easy. I'm going to teach you the game, all yeah. this stuff like that. All right, cool. I was like, you sure I can do it, man? Because I said, who, I don't even know what wholesaling house means. That sounds crazy, you know? <laughs> and he was like, man, I." he said, I'm down here in Fort Lauderdale. We have people that's in my class. This one guy, he's blind and in a wheelchair. He wholesaled, he, he, did a, he did a sale. These other people that, you know, all, I was like, and this one kid, he's 18. He just, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And he's, and so, you know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get into it. And there were some people that I met living in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. They were treated like a straight up side gig and hustle, depending on what type of life they want to live for that season. And I was like, all right, man, we got this festival coming up. I'm gonna need about $30,000. Let's go out here and sell a couple of houses. And then they would be, they would do it and they would be done. You know, yeah. that's not a real, that's not a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a hustle. That's a gig. That's a, yeah. You know, type of thing, but you don't, you don't want to do that with rental property because you're going to run right. into lots of stuff. Absolutely, and that's that is you're right. A lot of people buy one house, they get one property, and they're like, "Oh, I got a rental." Yeah, and then they get burnt out because they have a tenant trashes the house and moves mm-hmm. out, and now it's vacant for three months, and they it's, got no money coming in, and it's costing. And they got to pay tens of thousands of dollars for somebody to come in and repair it. Mm. That's one of the reasons I like multifamily better That's because it. the yeah. more property you have, the easier it becomes. And so it's, there's that no, sounds counter. What do you mean by that? Like, well, you have economies of scale, you can build teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, vacancy doesn't hurt you as much because mm-hmm. if, you know, if you got a hundred units and 10 people are, are out that's a 10 percent vacancy that's not going to kill you but if you got one property and one person leaves that's 100 percent and that's going to happen every <laughs> 16 18 months yeah. probably so like it doesn't make sense there's a lot of people who get in they buy they got one property and they're like i need to get a rental property so i can make some extra money that's mm-hmm. not that is not a good side gig mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to treat it like a business mm-hmm. and you need to make sure that you are running it like a business the whole time and and you need to be growing or, or you need to get it to a certain point where 
it can sustain itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, one or two does not. So if you've got, you know, you, but you buy a community that's got 30, 40, 50 units, mm-hmm. then, you know, two or three people move out, it's not going to kill you. Right. And that's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen every every few months. You're going to have people leave or every year if you've got a house, maybe one or two, three, three you know, a couple of years, whatever, um, you're going to wind up with some vacancy. And so anyway, yeah, the bigger you have it, the less stressful it is because you got people who can do the work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got, you know, multiple people on a team who can handle situations that come up. Mm-hmm. So first starting out is the hardest <clears throat> when you've only got a few units um, because you got to be, you got to be, you got to figure out how to fix these issues. Yeah. Got to figure out problems. There's always going to be problems. So you got to figure out how to handle that stuff without a huge team in place. So what do you say to the, what do you say to the newbie that is like, okay, obviously I would want to start off with a multifamily property, but isn't it easier to get a handful of single family properties? Is it easier to get into single family than it is to get into multifamily? I don't think, well, I don't think it's easier to build a decent amount of cash flow from Mm -hmm. single family versus multifamily. There's a lot of reasons I like multifamily better. One of them is it is, a well, Depending on the deal, depending on the lender, yeah. it might be a little bit easier to get into multifamily than single family, right. depending on your situation, your credit, how much money you have, all that kind of stuff. Qualifications. Yeah. Stuff for it. Um, yeah. it seems to me, at least, that banks like bigger deals because they're making more money. And also, if they have to get this property back, it's a little bit more attractive. attractive. It's a little bit easier for them to handle and get rid of. Just like it's easier for me if I've got a hundred units than one, it's mm-hmm. the same thing for the bank. They don't want to own that house, mm-hmm. so like they got to go through a whole process. Um, so anyway, I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit easier probably to build. It may not be easier to get started, um, but it's definitely easier to build a decent amount of cash flow from multifamily, yeah, than single family, in my opinion. It makes so, sense. Yeah, I, and, and you know a couple other reasons I like multifamily better. So. One is that you have control of the value of the property to an extent because the property value is based on income and not on comparable sales like right. a house. So like if I buy a house in a neighborhood and then, you know, something happens with this neighborhood and, you know, this house sells for a little bit less and this house sells for a little bit less. Now my house is less valuable and I didn't do anything to because make it less com- valuable. Comparables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in, in, a, in a multifamily property, if I come in and get the rents up to market rents, um, fix up the property, get a little bit better rent for them, um, have a little bit less expenses because I'm, I've, you know, put in some money so that I don't have to do as much maintenance or, or maybe I've, uh, filled vacancies that were there before, Mm -hmm. um, by being a little bit more efficient with marketing and getting, getting people in the property. Um, or maybe, you know, I've set up systems where the property's running a little bit more efficiently, whatever it is, my income gets a little bit better. Not only do I make more money, but now the property is worth a whole lot more too. Mm-hmm. So, and as it's, oh God, I just hit myself in the mouth. I saw that, the microphone. Yeah. Golly. You good? I'm good. <laughs> be down for the eight count. <laughs> Speaking of down, look at this. Get some water. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> get, the whole peanut gallery is asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I talking about before I did that? No, I'm all just talking about Mayweather and uh, Floyd, yeah. Pacquiao. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, you're talking about multifamily. Um, being better to get into, yeah. Because expenses, you another yeah. Another reason is you control the whole neighborhood to an extent. Yeah. Like if you have a mobile home park or you have an apartment complex, you just have to look at what part of town, what part of the city that's in. But like, 
I, you know, I've bought some really rough properties, um, but because I had the whole, the whole property, you know, I could come in and get the riffraff out, fix stuff up, mm-hmm. um, make it look nicer, clean it up and then get better tenants in. Yeah. And now I don't have to deal with all that kind of stuff. And this, the, the houses, you know, right next door don't really affect that as much. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's still, you still have to look at where it is, right? You still have to make sure you're in a good market. But, um, you know, I was able to take property that was in really bad shape, fix it up, and not have to worry about the one next door. But I've got, I've got single family that I help my parents manage right now, and it's in this this little community, and it's a decent little area. You drive in, everything looks nice. You get to the house, and you look across the street, and the house across the street is like, literally, probably needs to be condemned. It's so nasty. There's no front door. There's like a oh. piece of plywood up over the front door. That sounds like there's already. like <laughs> a bunch of big, like aggressive dogs running around in the yard. Uh, fences all torn up. So like it's it looks nasty over there. And so like I can't do anything about that right there. Can't do anything about that one house that's bringing down the value of my property, making it harder to rent. You know. So like mm. that's that's the kind of thing that I don't like about single family. One mm-hmm. of the things. But like with multifamily, I own the whole community. Now I can make this community yeah. nicer. The whole culture, yeah, and everything. So, do you just stay away from single family altogether? Um, for the most part, I will buy single family property if the deal is right and it's in a market where I already own multifamily and I have a team in place. And they, oh yeah. So like I had had one single family property in this portfolio that I just sold, and actually it didn't go in that portfolio, but I I did sell it. But um. Yeah, it was in the same market where I had an uh, you know 135 other units, and so it was really easy to just plug it in. And I actually made money on buying that house. I got paid twenty thousand dollars to buy the house, so like mm-hmm. I didn't have to come out of pocket. Um, it was like kind of a no brainer. Yeah, I see that. So you just so. essentially treated it like another door in the whole thing because yeah, it just plugged right into my management yeah. system, maintenance people, everything was right there. So, so like, you probably in your mind and in your personal stuff included that when it was, ever, whenever it was vacant, you included it in the whole vacancy rate, the mm-hmm. whole vacancy rate instead yep. of just, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was a, you know, the downside still is neighbors could mess that up. But in this situation, it was kind of uh, had two acres. It was kind of like you couldn't okay. see the neighbors at all. So like, yeah, you know, y- y- you could still get into some issues with bad neighbors. But for the most part, yeah. the other things that I don't like about single family were kind of taken away because I had all this other property in that area. So if you're going to buy a single so. family home, the situation has to be a very ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not usually looking sense. for single family. Right. Yeah. Right. And so if it fits into what I'm already doing, mm-hmm. I would do it. Uh, but I wouldn't go, like, if that was my first deal, I wouldn't do it. And if it was, like, in my first deal in the new market, I wouldn't do that. So, but if I own, a, you know, if I already have good. systems in place, I've already got yeah. stuff there, and the deal is just really, really good, then, okay, I would do it. So, to speak to the newbie um, and some of the comments that, um, some of the questions that we were asked, mm-hmm. um, I think you answered those very thoroughly. You don't need any you need very little if any money to get started but what you do need is education right yes all right you do need that uh you need it would be great to have a coach or a mentor Mm -hmm. someone has done it that has experience that can kind of show you the ropes show you the game help fast track yeah along with the education that you have the experience and the guidance you do need a game plan 
Mm-hmm. Right. You got to have a direction. You don't get in the car and just drive without knowing, without having a destination. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of an episode of Seinfeld where uh, Kramer was one of my favorite characters. Did you ever watch Seinfeld? Yeah. <laughs> Kramer, he and I can't remember who he was with. They decided they were just going to drive until the car ran out of gas. <laughs> and, or it was something like that. So they got to their destination. They were dr- trying to drive somewhere without getting gas. They got to their destination. They was like, all right, well, what do we do now? And they was like, you know what? Let's just keep going. They were just like, ah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you, you know? So, but essentially that's what, if we don't have a game plan, like you said, you didn't really have a strategy. And that's probably why, part of the reason why it took you so long to actually get into it. That's and you right. lost a lot of potential mm-hmm. money during that time, you know, yep. looking at it retro, retro, retrospectively. Um, yep. Because you didn't have a clear destination. So, Yep. Education, destination, and I need another word that kind of rhymes with that. <laughs> hmm. I don't no know. procrastination. I don't know. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> anyway, cool. There you go. I like that though. Um, but and just one more time, the emphasis that you're putting on having a coach or a mentor. Yeah, it's not because I have a program for yeah. that. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's us. But I mean, it, if you're gonna start any new endeavor, like if I, my son just started playing golf. Yeah. And I could take him out there. What if I just took him out there and left him with some golf clubs? Yeah. He would hate golf because so. it's very difficult to start. Mm-hmm. It's, if you don't know what you're doing, it's not fun. Like mm-hmm. when I first started, I didn't like it at all until mm-hmm. this old guy. I was at the driving range. We used to have a driving range here, just the driving range. Yeah, back in the day. And I was up there. I, I might have been with a friend or something. I think I was because I probably wouldn't have gone by myself. But I went up there with him. And, like, this old dude came up, and he's like, man, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> he's like, son. You're doing it all wrong. Right, right. I was like, okay, what, what could I do? So he showed me a couple of things, and then I hit a ball straight. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be like. And then I was hooked. And then mm-hmm. I went and got a lesson mm-hmm. from a coach. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting better and better, and then I really enjoyed it. And so that's like it's the same thing. Like if you go out and try to do, learn it yourself, you're going to have a lot of bumps and bruises. Yeah. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Might lose some money. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. Mm. And there's so many. I, I know so many. I talk to these people almost every day, it seems like. Anytime I'm looking at deals, I'm always talking to people at our store. Like, some, there's always somebody coming in. There was a guy in there yesterday. I think I was up there the day before. And um, whenever it was, last time I was up there, uh, this guy came in. And, the you know, guy that was there talking to him about some products. We were ringing him up, whatever. And I walked out, just kind of heard him talk about rentals and walked yeah. out there. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, you got some rental properties? Like, well, I got one. It's probably going to be my last one. Because <laughs> yeah. he was in there trying to fix something the tenant did, you know. Yeah. And it was so stressful. He didn't know what he was doing. Like, that's how it is if you don't have a coach. But if you get somebody, you get a coach. You get if I Like, my son, the his first introduction to the game of golf was a lesson. Mm-hmm. So he went in. The mm-hmm. coach told him how to hold the club, how to stand, mm-hmm. how to, like, kind of swing through. Just basic stuff. And he's like, all right, hit the ball. And then he started hitting it. And then on our way out of there, he's like, golf is my favorite sport. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the first time he's ever played. <laughs> so, like, but he loved it because he was able to kind of figure out the basics a little bit. Right. Get a little bit better, see some improvement. So now I try to take him out there every weekend, let him go out and play. And then we can continue the lessons, you know. So, like, Bro. That, I think that's that really kind of is it, it's such an important thing if you want to learn a new skill. You need somebody who's done it before, mm-hmm. somebody who already understands it to show you how to do it. You know, I got that same experience with when I first ate blue crabs. Right? <laughs> okay. So I can't tell you how many friends that I have. I mean, blue, did blue you crabs? get a, co- a blue crab coach? Uh, oh, pretty much, yeah. Like <laughs> all my uncles and them. <laughs> all my uncles. Yeah, they, they know how to eat. <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at them because we're all thin. Yeah. And um, I have a lot of friends 
that they was like, oh, it's too much work and uh, mm. I don't eat the butter and uh, dead man and all this stuff. I'm yeah. just like, what? Are you kidding me, bro? So yeah. my first, my introduction to it was at a low country boil. Yeah. I, first of all, I don't know if it's boil or broil. It's a boil. It's a boil. Yeah. But yeah. if you're and if you live with, you know, where, where we live, then it's bowl. Bowl. Yeah. All right. Low, low country, country bowl. bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Low country bowl. All right. You just <laughs> say it fast enough so people don't really. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. But um, Low Country Boy, we had the good music playing, you know, you make me happy, you know, yeah. all the good summertime good. stuff. <laughs> and had the shrimp, the eggs, the sausage, they poured the out potatoes. The table with the newspapers. News, there you go, pit the table, <laughs> newspaper, all that stuff. Yep. And so then got this crab in front of me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to show you how to eat this. You know, I, I don't think it, I don't think that white people have crabs in their Low Country Bowl, but go well, ahead. Really? Hold yeah. on. We got to hold on. <laughs> we got to pause for station shrimp, identification. Sausage. What do y'all have? Shrimp and well, sausage. Well, no, 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 no. Meats. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. So, with y'all's, so shrimp, mm-hmm. so, do y'all eat, do you eat blue crabs? I love blue crabs. Okay. But yeah, but we, I've never had one in a country bowl, though. Really? Low country bowl, yeah. They go hand in hand. You got corn in there, too? Corn, potatoes. Okay. Um, yeah. Onions. Okay. Know. I don't think I've actually ever cooked one, but okay. I've also never eaten one with. Listen, crabs. my first time. That's you have you. So you never cooked the crab, never steamed, oh, boiled it. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. When I lived out by the marsh, I used to go out there with crab traps and catch yeah. them and, boil and bring them in. That okay, yeah. I remember Throw my first pot. time doing that. That's the scariest. While they're alive, you gotta get. Oh, listen. Okay, so I remember when I was young at my grandma's house. <laughs> yeah. They would always come with these brown paper bag. Like that's supposed to keep the crabs in. Like they got pinchers and you know what I'm saying? like a brown paper bag. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. It's like the anyway. I don't know. The most valuable things always came in the brown paper bag to them. It was like liquor and crabs. <laughs> and they go, Let me tell you this one story real quick about liquor. <laughs> this same uncle that taught me how to eat uh, blue crabs and introduced me to greens, collard greens, my favorite food of all time. Yeah. He messed around and got drunk one day. Right. <laughs> he came in the house. He was like, "Hey, we gon' we gonna roast some pecans." I was like, uh, "Okay." So <laughs> this dude <laughs> comes in the house. And he turns on <coughs> the oven super high, mm-hmm. salt and pepper, throw them on the on the thing. And he was like, we're going to make some French fries, too. Get some potatoes. We cutting them up. And, and then he got his potatoes on the stove and pecans in the oven. He goes in the bathroom and goes to sleep, right? <laughs> I'm just like, ah. That sounds like you in the sink. <laughs> Where do you sure. think I get it from, you know? <laughs> anyway, so at my grandma's house. <laughs> and one of the, and they was like, all right, dude, we're gonna let you put one of these crabs in the pot. Okay, cool. So I'm all scared because I'm all nervous. And these things, I was like, they still alive? They were like, yeah, D. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh. Got- <laughs> so we got the little tongs, and I'm all like finicky and then drop one on the ground. That thing was fighting for its life, running around. <laughs> oh, so I'm surprised they didn't get traumatized. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how we got started talking about blue crabs, but what I was trying to you say was a, local your blue crab coach. So yeah. then he showed me how to eat it, and um, it was a good association. The process I enjoyed, the payoff was worth it to me. Yeah. And because I didn't have to struggle and I knew what I was doing, knew what I was looking for, and I enjoyed it. And I was able to eat the fruit of the labor. At That's the funny because I know a lot of people who don't like crab legs because it's such a hard thing to do. But for me, it's not because I grew up, <laughs> my wife is over there. She says she didn't, just, that's how she feels. What? And I think I just showed her for the first time, like, snow a month crab, ago. Talking about snow crab to, legs? Yeah, how to peel and open crab legs. Isn't it glorious, legs. though? Like, like when you, it's one it, of my favorite foods, and I don't even mind. I can sit there all day, all day, and just crack. Em. I can eat crabs all day. Yeah, me like, too. So I do like the snow crab legs, like because the meat. Yeah. And I never butter. had king crab legs either. Just, yeah, those are just a lot bigger, you know. But yeah. but yeah, so my introduction to it, I had a good coach in the beginning. Yeah, 
And it's, it's the same. It thing. is important. You you have to build a good association. You have to be with someone that knows what they're doing because you can tell yep. right off. You know, if if I was getting started, actually, that's that's probably what I would do. If I was first starting out, yeah, the first thing I would do is find somebody who already is doing that. What thing. you're trying to do. Yep, and yep. go and talk to them, mm-hmm. and and maybe even like work for them, figure yeah. out how to how to bring them some value, and uh, and then yeah, learn the, learn the game from somebody who's already playing. Yeah, yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. As you're also learning. Yeah, uh, and, and that's what you did education. when yeah. you came to Jessup. That was it. That was my you, whole goal. You came in and said, "Hey, I'll, I'll manage the property, and in probably about a year or so, I'm gonna go out on my own and do this stuff myself. I want to learn." Yeah, you know, and that, that's because a good way to do it. And that's what it was because you were doing it, and I was yeah. in it. I was I inundated myself. It's like learning a new language. They say it's best to go to that country. Yeah, surrounded by it, you learn the language, yep. and that's it. so. I think yep. it's the best if you can do it. Do it, especially if you're young right now. If you're in your twenties, if you're single. Um, or if you have a little bit of time and leverage to kind of do that, just like yep. immerse yourself in the culture of it and, and take it outside of being a hobby and a hustle and make it a business, make it your business to make it a business yeah. because it's going to pay dividends in the end. It's the, you, the fruit is worth the labor. I was talking, yep. I was talking to a friend of mine today. Um, and I, I must, I said this and I was telling him, you know, when he and I were growing up, me and his friend, we played sports together at the boys club and middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And when you have kids, especially when like when fathers have sons, they want their kids to do follow in their footsteps, you know. And sometimes they just do different things. And I was telling him that my son was not into some of the same stuff that I was into. And he said, Don't worry about it. He said, There's always gonna be a blossom. It might blossom into something different, but all you can do is keep watering and uh and keep nurturing and then, you know, it it'll bloom and do what it needs to do or whatever. Yeah. So I think as long as we keep watering and investing in ourselves, we will blossom in time, but, you know, invest in yourself now while you can, um, like, especially when you're in, in obscurity, when you're young and you're single. Yeah. Even if you have kids and stuff like that, just find time to invest in yourself and make time for yourself. So, anyway. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Awesome. All right. I'll catch you next time. That's it. Yeah. <laughs>